my friend. This podcast is called Swimming with Sharks. I admit that I'm a bit of a risk taker. Mostly, my risk taking manifests in small ways. My average speed is no less than four miles over the speed limit. I play it pretty fast and loose when it comes to expiration dates on food, except when it comes to hot sauce, and then I ignore the expiration date altogether. Unless I know that my husband will be driving the car next, I wait until the little red light comes on, telling me I need to fill up the gas tank. And mostly this has served me well. I have had only one speeding ticket in the past 10 years. I have never gotten food poisoning. And the only time I ran out of gas, I had been driving less than six months. But now that I think about it, I am also a bit of a risk taker when it comes to the bigger things as well. I've traveled by myself internationally three times. I moved to a brand new city with no job and my 401k is in the highest risk category. So when we were planning our trip to Cabo San Lucas, and Sarah said that the one excursion she absolutely wanted to do was swimming with sharks, my reply was, hell yes. I have swum with sharks before, but a little more by accident. The first time I was 13 and my family was vacationing on a small island in Mexico called Isla Mujeres. The island is located eight miles off the coast of Cancun. But while Cancun is high-rise, all-inclusive hotels and tourist-packed all-night parties, Isla Mujeres is a sleepy little fishing village with a couple of small hotels. Or at least it was back then. I'm sure things have changed, but when we were visiting, there was no such thing as an all-inclusive hotel. And tourism consisted of a place to rent a scooter and some guys selling banana boat rides on the beach. Our best meal was at a place that cannot be even described as a hole in the wall because there were no walls. It was just an open air space between two buildings where some tables and chairs were set up next to a grill. The floor was dirt and stray dogs and chickens wandered around freely. Calling the menu small is the understatement of the century. You could order a half chicken or a whole chicken and the chicken may or may not have been wandering around yesterday. It was grilled to perfection and came with rice and beans, fresh tortillas, shredded cabbage, several different salsas, and limes. Mm, heaven on a plate. One day, me and my older sister, who was of driving age, rented a scooter and we toured the island. The whole island is four miles long and not even a half mile wide. So touring the island did not take long. We had stopped at a dock and were jumping off the end of it to cool down in the ocean when some local kids showed up and got into the water off the right side of the dock. Until then, we hadn't even noticed that there was a large pen about the size of a competition swimming pool. The pen was made of vertical logs spaced about a foot away from each other. And the total depth of the water was about six or seven feet with not much of a difference between high tide and low tide. In the pen, there were about 20 nurse sharks, which varied between six and eight feet long. Nurse sharks 
are slow-moving bottom dwellers that are mostly harmless to humans. Although they can bite, they are not known to do so. In fact, there are only 44 recorded attack bites from sharks in the past few decades, none of them fatal. The sharks were mostly just piled up in the corners of the pen. The kids would dive down and grab hold of one of the sharks by the side fins, which would mildly agitate the shark and cause it to swim across the bottom of the pen to another corner. Eventually, the kids asked if we wanted to join them. At the time, we didn't know the statistics about how many people nurse sharks had bitten, or that they were even nurse sharks. But really, what is the worst that can happen? Don't answer that. It is a rhetorical question. So, being able-bodied and of sound mind, we jumped right in the pen with 20 nurse sharks. Were we scared? You betcha. But that is part of the experience, being scared and pushing yourself to do it anyway. We would take a deep breath and dive down and grab hold of one of the sharks, then allow it to give us a little ride. We would not be able to hold on more than 10 or 15 seconds due to the combination of nerves and needing to breathe. While I remember that the shark's skin was rough, like 80 grit sandpaper, I don't remember why the sharks were in the pen or what was going to be their ultimate fate. In fact, I don't think we even asked. Now that I am older and much more aware of things outside just myself, this time I did my research and determined the company to be environmentally responsible before signing up. We would be swimming with whale sharks, which are on the endangered species list and I needed to be sure we would not be harming the sharks. My Google searches may or may not have also included things like, can whale sharks kill you? And can a whale shark swallow a human? My second experience swimming with sharks was quite different. Early in the morning, we boarded a bus that drove us to two hours from Cabo San Lucas to the Bay of La Paz. At the marina, we had to check in with proper authorities before we were able to board the small ponga boat. Once on the boat and out of the marina, there was another checkpoint where a guide had to present his licenses. The first being his regular tour guide license, and the second an additional license enabling him to be a tour guide around an endangered species. The boat was also documented and the guide explained that it was being monitored by GPS to ensure that it stayed under the required speed limit, didn't go over the time limit, and that there were not too many boats in the bay. Once finally out on the bay, we were given a short presentation about the sharks and how we were to swim with them safely. Time for another National Geographic lesson. Whale sharks are the largest shark, indeed the largest fish, in the ocean. The largest confirmed whale shark was 62 feet long, or as long as a bowling lane. They are slow moving and feed exclusively on plankton and small fish using a method called filter feeding. This means that when they feed, they simply open their mouths and swim forward, catching whatever happens to be in front of their mouths. Since their mouths can be up to five feet wide, you can understand my Google search of, can a whale shark swallow a human? They can't for the record. 
Per Wikipedia, which one can always trust one's life to, quote, whale sharks do not pose any danger to humans, end quote. When swimming next to a whale shark, you can swim on either side of them at least three or four feet away. You want to be far enough away that you don't accidentally touch them, as this could introduce bacteria from you to the shark that could potentially harm them. Oops, sorry nurse sharks. You should also not swim in front of them because they will be feeding, or too far behind them because of their powerful tail fin. After wandering around the bay for over an hour, our guide finally spotted a surfaced whale shark. We were all ready to go and had on our swimming suits, life jackets, and flippers. Once the driver of the boat navigated closer to the shark, we got into the water by dangling our feet over the side of the boat and basically just falling in, which could not be accomplished gracefully. Once in the water, you swam over to the shark and tried to keep pace with it as it swam and fed. Since there were other boats wanting to spend a little time with the shark, we had no more than 10 minutes until we were given the sign to head back to the boat. Once next to the boat, you had to take off your fins in the water and holding them with one hand, find the top step of the ladder, which was surprisingly high, Heft yourself up and out of the water and climb back onto the boat. Then you put your flippers back on, try to catch your breath, and waited for the guide to give you the go-ahead to flop back into the water. These are the mechanics. What it feels like to be swimming with the largest fish in the ocean is indescribable, but I will do my best. At first, it was all very frantic and confusing. I wanted to get as close as possible so I could see the shark clearly, but without touching it. In the water, it is impossible to tell what this actually means. Am I too close? Too far ahead or behind the shark? Furthermore, the shark swims by moving its tail, which means that its body also moves from side to side. One moment, I feel a comfortable distance away, and the next, I'm frantically pulling my arm next to my body, thinking I'm a hair's breadth away from touching the shark. Lurking in the back of my mind, always, is the fact that although whale sharks are described as the gentle giants of the sea, they are giant. If the shark decides it wants to take a fast and hard left, I am not going to stop him. All this was slightly panic-inducing. Until about the third time next to the shark when I took a deep, centering breath through my snorkel, I reminded myself to enjoy it, and suddenly everything changed. The details of the shark came into sharp focus. I noticed the three fish catching a ride by literally suctioning to the shark's tail. I admired the beautiful white dot markings that made each shark unique like a fingerprint. Holy crap, I say to myself. I am swimming next to a 25-foot whale shark, and a feeling of being small and insignificant washed over me. And this is nature's true gift. In a social situation, feeling small and insignificant is not a good thing, but in nature, it is liberating. It clears out all the self-centered noise the swirling vortexes of need to and should have 
that suck up everything in their path. What is left is being present in the moment and acutely aware of the beauty that surrounds you, allowing it to unfold in its own time, taking it as it comes with no agenda or expectations. And in this state of mind, swimming with sharks is simply life-changing.